in this episode of the Live Damn Well podcast. We think they're normal. We think, oh yeah, of course, you know, people just get Alzheimer's and they get cancer and they get type two diabetes and then you wither away at 70 and then, you know, you're gone. Institute, it's like this big organization about economics that put together 23 studies that show that lockdowns are ineffective to stop the virus, right? And and so this is, a, you know, big, big body, a big group. It's not some, you know, rinky dink, like YouTube conspiracy guy. And they've, and these are all published literature on this. So, oh, well, that's interesting. You don't, why don't we look at this science instead of the other science? There is no one science. And you can find that with all kinds of stuff. So I just think it's important to consider it. Yeah, well, I mean, I have a lot of doctor friends and they, they are told sometimes 50% of what you learn after five years is gonna be wrong. So at least some people understand that, but the problem is most people don't know what the 50% is that's wrong. <laughs> and so with saturated fat, that's definitely one of the things we got wrong. It, it, it's, I think it's just one of the saddest, worst mistakes we've made in modern science. My name is Jorge Roman, author of Return to Human, certified health coach in training, metabolically flexible individual, and insulin sensitive human. In this podcast, I will relentlessly ask, why is there so much conflicting information about health, nutrition, and lifestyle recommendations? Is there more to the story? Or are those individuals involved with natural and alternative health just a bunch of pseudoscientific quacks? I will often have solo episodes discussing relevant scientific research around nutrition, supplementation, powerful lifestyle practices, and will sometimes be joined by two friends and co-hosts. I'll also be interviewing thought leaders from all walks of life in an attempt to discover what truly makes someone sick or healthy. I will do this with no agendas, no dogma, just truth, regardless of the fact that I will inevitably trigger some narrow-minded and myopic individuals. To live damn well doesn't mean living life perfectly. We're all gonna die someday, so striving for ultimate health is a pretty counterproductive goal. Rather, I hope to learn for myself and empower others to fulfill their purpose and enjoy life, all while being disease-free, energetic, and in control of their biology. I believe humanity already has all of the tools to create a life which is disease-free and highly fulfilling. Now, we just need to do the hardest part, cutting through the divisive, arrogant, and closed-mindedness which holds us all back from creating the world we deeply desire. Thank you for joining me on this journey, and I hope to help you on yours. Welcome to the Live Damn Well podcast. My name is Jorge Roman, and my guest today is Brian Sanders, filmmaker behind the documentary Food Lies, founder of Sapien and Nose to Tail. After graduating from UCLA with a degree in mechanical engineering, He's then used his technical background and love for fitness and nutrition to work as a health coach and advocate for evolutionarily consistent nutrition and lifestyle. Brian, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. So I want to touch on a lot of things. Um, you know, ever since Game Changers came out, it's been uh, a lot of my friends and family have actually gone the vegan route and we already had some vegans in college. And so uh, it just another ideology that people latched onto. So I'm, I really, I'm really excited to talk about that later on in the podcast. Uh, but first of all, I want to touch on your background quickly, just for the people who haven't uh, met you and the research that you've done. So 
how did you get into researching nutrition, health, and what problems did you, did you find with the science? Mm. Yeah, I got started about seven years ago. My family had some health problems. I basically lost both my parents when I was 30 years old, which is pretty young, right? So that woke me up. And, and 30 is kind of the time when you, you're not able to eat whatever you want anymore, or you, you know, you, your life kind of catches up to you. And, and part of the story is, is I was kind of like the fit guy in my group or the one that kind of stayed in shape. I was always pretty active. But then looking back, I wasn't actually healthy. You know, mm -hmm. when, I, when I made these changes that we can talk about, all of a sudden I lost three or four pant sizes and I had all these conditions go away. I had like chronic overuse injuries, you know, inflammation in my arms and wrists from using the computer just went away. Like all these old just sort of allergies went away. I don't get sick anymore. All this stuff just went away. And I'm just like, hey, how many people are walking around like I, I was? being the in-shape guy and still being a mess, really having all these conditions, even, you know, like acid reflux, or, you know, like heartburn stuff, like so many little things that you just think are normal. And then, then later you're like, wait, I, I haven't even sneezed in like a year. Like how, how crazy is that? You know? So uh, I think there's big changes that people can make and everyone even if they think they're healthy, can make them and live a better life. And that's, and that's why I got so passionate about it. And along with my parents, because, you know, losing them was a wake up call. And they had these like modern chronic diseases that again, we think are healthy, are, are normal, sorry, not healthy. We think they're normal. We think, oh, yeah, of course, you know, people just get Alzheimer's, and they get cancer, and they get type two diabetes, and then you wither away at 70. And then, you know, you're gone. So really wanted to just wake people up, uh, change that, that model of, of normal and started making the film food loss. And yeah, I've kind of just been on this path ever since. And all these other things have sprung up from starting this film. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, disease has become normalized. Um, that's, that's clear. I mean, we have 60% of adults, we have 40 or 50% of children who have at least one chronic disease. And, you know, with the pandemic, we've seen the numbers come in, like it's a crazy amount of comorbidities. I think the average is around two uh, with people who've died from COVID. So, you know, like you said, I followed the traditional wisdom, you know, of eat four meals a day, five meals a day, um, grains, mostly carbohydrate. And yeah, I gained weight. And that was good for me because I wanted to gain weight. I was, uh, you know, I was exercising a lot and I'm kind of a self-proclaimed hard gainer. So that was exactly the advice I needed to follow. But for most people, they're not looking to gain weight. They're looking to be healthy. And, you know, you can look a certain way, but not actually be healthy, like you said. Yeah, that, well, that's a good point to make too, because you can gain weight and eating carbs. And I don't really have a huge problem with carbs if they're whole carbs or if they're the correct carbs, right? And, right. and so, yeah, I, I would tell people, yeah, I mean, it, it, it might take years for, to catch up to you. But if you switch out all the grains for just something like potatoes, something just more whole food, maybe, you know, some other type of whole food carbs, mm -hmm. it, you, you'll do a lot better. So Right, of course. Now, I want to start touching on uh, current events. So like I hinted at earlier, like science has kind of become really ideological and dogmatic as ever before. And it's become really clear, you know, in news reporting and things like that. So I, I want to get your thoughts on the way, you know, the pandemic reporting of 
quote unquote, the science has come out because that's kind of how I like to refer to it as. Yeah, the science. Yeah. It's like, yeah. whose science are you talking right. about? Uh, yeah. yeah. So that this has been a journey for me. And maybe if I didn't go on this food journey, I wouldn't have such strong opinions. And maybe I would just kind of go along with the narrative. But when I went down this health path, I realized that the powers that be don't always have your best interests in mind. There's always more to the story. There's always money. There's always big corporations. There's always more things in the background. So I, I kind of got red pilled, you could call it, right? You get kind of red pilled. You like wake up from the matrix a little with the food stuff and the health stuff, right? Like the yeah. food is one thing for sure. And then there's healthcare, which is another big thing. It's like, oh my God, these doctors just pushing pharmaceuticals and put, you know, drugs. And it's just, it's so crazy that they don't have to try to prevent disease. They only try to patch things and give you band-aids. For it. And so that was a huge wake up thing. Then I kind of just kept going with that and realized that a lot more of our world is like that. And the news reporting is very poor. And uh, I would never trust anything from the mainstream media. And uh, always, always check. I'm sure they get some things right sometimes. But, uh, but par partly, I'm not just saying that th everything is crazy conspiracy or anything. I'm just saying you need to look at both sides. That's my main thing that I woke up to. So specifically with the nutrition side, I got even more, I think, balanced and educated when I started looking into why vegan diets work or uh, like how people are healthy on high carb diets because it didn't make sense to me before. So that's what I'm talking about looking at both sides. So I, yeah, I learned a lot from some great people I've interviewed along the way and I understand more. It's like, oh, well, these people were eating whole food diets and they were eating the healthy carbs that I mentioned. And if you go low fat enough, you can go high carb. So if you do get good nutrition, you have a base of nutrient dense animal foods, you know, and you're eating like the whole animal and you're eating seafood and liver and all these type of things. And then you eat low fat. Maybe that's all you have in your environment, whether you live in Okinawa in the sixties or something where, you know, these people lived a long time or in the Bolivian rainforest, like the Simane or the Kitavans or all kinds of people, they, they have high carb diets, but they're eating potato like whole foods. They're going low fat and they're getting good animal foods and you can be okay. Right. Because you're not eating the refined foods. You're not eating like seed oils and stuff like that. You're not eating really processed carbs and you're okay. So I only kind of came to that realization by looking at both sides, being open to hearing other people's arguments. And some people in the whatever health space I'm in, I don't even know what health space I'm in. There's, you know, there's like the ancestral movement, there's animal base, there's low carb community, I guess you could call it. But a lot of low carb people don't acknowledge how the other side works mm -hmm. or they, they just be like, all oh, carbs are bad. And that's not it. That's not how it works. And with the COVID stuff, I, I kind of started realizing that that was the case too. Is like, you need to look at both sides, but they're only reporting one side. It's like, there's only one side being shown to everyone in the world. So 90, whatever percent of people have been exposed to one side and okay, that's one side. That's fine. That's their view. But when I started looking more into published science and literature on the opposite opinion, I realized there was a lot there. It was very substantial evidence going on that that no one's talking about. I found a link that had 23, it was, a, I forget, it was AIER.org. It's a American Economic 
Institute. It's like this big organization about economics that put together 23 studies that show that lockdowns are ineffective to stop the virus. Right. And, and so this is a, you know, big, big body, a big group. It's not some, you know, rinky dink, like YouTube conspiracy guy. And they and these are all published literature on this. So, oh, well, that's interesting. You know, why don't we look at this science instead of the other science? There is no one science. And you can find that with all kinds of stuff. So I just think it's important to consider it. But the problem is when you bring up any of these things, then people who've just been indoctrinated into only looking at one side they're like, you're a grandma killer. Like you're a maniac. You're insane. You're killing people. Like, why are you spreading this misinformation? And they're so triggered and they, they go so crazy because basically because they've been so far down one route the entire time, they've been blinded to anything else. So the big problem, um, I think actually I can extend that to anything in society is a big problem is people don't look at the other side, right? Whatever it is, it could be about racial stuff. It could be about politics. It could be about gender. It could be about anything, right? And then if you're just stuck in your one side and don't understand the other side, you're probably screwed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's something that we've seen a lot of with, like you said, vegan diets, carnivore diets, you know, plant-based or animal-based. There's always seems to be a politicizing of of data of science. And like a lot of people think that, you know, science is pretty much flawless, that if there's a study that says it, you don't check how it's done. Mm -hmm. You don't check who funded it. It's science mm -hmm. and that's it. Right. And that's not the case. I mean, there's a lot of filtering that goes on, right? So you have first the top, the research, and then it gets filtered down to the news sources and then they report it and spin it how they want. And then it's what you understand from that spin that you actually get away from that. So there's a, there's a lot of critical thinking that needs to be done before we accept something as true. The problem is it's hard though. People aren't going to go read the studies or they don't know how to dissect the study. I mean, I don't think I'm super great at that either. I mean, there's people a lot more educated on breaking down studies and actually knowing the procedure and if it was good or bad, but even that, or you could even look at sometimes the study, well, a lot of times, especially in the media, is this what they conclude is not even what the science said right right yeah so it's not easy for people but i guess i guess you have to just find other sources to or just actively seek out dissenting opinions i'd say yes. that's just a good practice yes and that's that's really hard to do um you know especially being someone who i don't know if you've taken the the personality test myers-briggs i think but mm -hmm. um it's, it shows the main five psychological traits. And one of them is mm -hmm. openness, right? And I think openness is a double-edged sword because if you're open to new ideas all the time, you're constantly like, oh man, like what do I listen to? And I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes in. And that's part of the reason why it's so difficult for people to be you know, so open to different ideas because it's, it's hard. It's like, you really have to think at it and you really have to dissect. And like you said, we're, I mean, I'm not a researcher. I, I'm in college, like I do my best, but obviously there are people more educated than me. So it's tough to cut through the garbage. Are you looking to get organic health foods shipped right to your door at a fraction of the price you'd find in stores? Well, look no further than Thrive Market. Thrive Market is on a mission to make healthy living accessible and affordable to everyone. 
It's a fully online subscription-based grocery store, which provides a free membership to a low-income family, teacher, or veteran in need for every paid membership. Now I'm gonna tell you why I think Thrive Market is changing the game in the world of health-promoting foods. So first of all, you can shop hand-picked brands from cosmetics and supplements to even wild-caught fish, grass-fed beef, and other household products, all shipped right to your door. Now you might think to yourself, but organic health foods are so expensive, to which I'd say, yeah, I totally agree. But when you buy from Thrive Market, you're actually gonna be saving 25 to 50% off retail price you'd find in a physical health food store near you. Sorry, Whole Foods. Now the membership is incredibly affordable. It's just about the price of a cup of coffee per month. And on average, members actually make back what they spent on the membership and savings after just two orders. It's also way easier than the grocery store. Not only is it all online and shipped straight to your door, but every single product is tagged by over 90 different values. Now, if you wanna make eating healthier, not only more affordable, but way more convenient and delicious, try Thrive Market risk-free for a month and get a gift of up to $24 in value when you use my link. If you don't like it, no worries. You'll get a refund of your membership within 30 days. The link is in the description. I hope you give them a try. Now, back to the show. It's really hard, but yeah, just be open and I don't know, just do the work. It's, it's uncomfortable sometimes yes. to, to go against your beliefs. But. Right. Um, there's actually a quote that I really like. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Joel Green. Um, he's getting bigger in the nutrition space now, but he says science is in the business of being wrong when it thinks it's absolutely right. And I think that's been shown <laughs> over and over again. And I want to touch on a little bit. Uh, specifically like saturated fat and, you know, how animal foods became to be vilified from all the research that you've done. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have a lot of doctor friends and they, they are told sometimes 50% of what you learn after five years is going to be wrong. So at least some people understand that, but the problem is most people don't know what the 50% is that's <laughs> wrong. And so with saturated fat, that's definitely one of the things we got wrong. It, it, it's, I think it's just one of the saddest, worst mistakes we've made in modern science because it's affected so many people. Uh, you could really trace everything back to us believing that saturated fat was bad. And in, in say the fifties, right when we started researching this and we actually didn't even have great science back then we didn't have all the tools even and we didn't uh, so if you go back to then and then I, you could trace that directly to how we ended up as a fat and sick world mm -hmm. uh, and it's and i love you know getting into those details and why it happened but it, it's really we did some bad science right it was the, it was the 50s eisenhower the president had a heart attack but it was also when we were smoking like maniacs, you know, mm -hmm. anyone knows, see those old movies, they're smoking in the car with the windows rolled up with the kids in the backseat, they're smoking in the elevator in the office. We got all these uh, new seed oils coming in. You got margarine, you got the Crisco and all these fake fats coming in. So you have all these other things coming in, more processed foods, more flour, more sugar. But then some guy named Ansel Keys had this bright idea that it was fat saturated fat you know that's the enemy this this is what we go into in the food lies film not uh we don't spend too much time because a lot of people already know this story so i, I won't go into all these details either but basically there's a kind of 
these two guys and John Yudkin was a guy from England and he had a different idea. He said, Oh, well, we're getting all this heart disease because of all the refined grains and sugars and these new vegetable oils that we've never eaten before. And they were kind of at odds and, you know, Ansel Keys won, basically he won out. He did some kind of bad epidemiology. He tried Mm -hmm. to show like, Oh, look at all these correlations between these countries and saturated fat and heart disease. And it, it seemed to make sense until you looked at all the 22 countries instead of just the seven and right. you saw there was no good correlation. We could go on and on about this stuff, but we basically had this bad idea, right? So we, we had the saturated fat was bad. We replaced it with polyunsaturated fats, which are from these seed oils that are these brand new things that are highly mm-hmm. processed from seeds that you know no one's ever extracted oil from for all of history. I mean, but, you know, people are saying, yes, olive oil is different. Avocado oil, like real olive oil, you know, mm-hmm. that's actually from, you, you know, a good source. And it, most of it is actually adulterated and it's right. not pure olive oil. But if you get avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil, those are fruits, right? These are these fruit oils that are pretty natural. But we're talking about the seed oils, cotton seed, canola oil, soybean oil, all that stuff. So we started replacing all these highly processed oils into our diet, started believing that low fat diets were good, which opened the door for processed foods. Right. And then what happens when you take out fat, you have to add back in sugar and other things Mm -hmm. to make it taste good. And uh, yeah, you just kind of keep going and going until you get to where we are today. So, I mean, we could talk about any aspect of that, but that's the general thing about saturated fat and where we went wrong. Yeah, I think uh, also a big part of it, I was listening to uh, some other interviews and uh, part of the Food Lies film that you did. And, um, you know, it seems like there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding the anthropological research that went on. People seem to think we were always sick. We didn't make it past like 20 years old. Like there are some pretty crazy misconceptions about what life used to be like. And, you know, to be fair, there's some truth to that. Like maybe Mm -hmm. we had more, we died more at childbirth or things like that. But like, these chronic diseases weren't at all what we used to have. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a really good point that we, we dig into and start out the film with because we need to debunk that. That's because our, our base idea is that humans, if like, like all animals, humans have a specific diet that keeps them healthy, right? A lion doesn't just like wither away at a certain age. It lives its life, it eats its diet and it's, it's healthy and then it dies. And humans did that. And from everything I've seen, that's what happened for all of history. Unless, yes, we had an accident, there was childbirth, or there was infectious diseases. You know, there was like, we drank some bad water and mm-hmm. we died, right. right? So there's, there's, so in that case, yeah, it was tough. Like maybe we did get mauled by an animal and died, or we, we, we you know, we're hiking and we broke our leg and we were screwed. But mm-hmm. other than that, we actually had a pretty great life. Uh, we can study modern hunter-gatherers. And they actually, I think it was only about 18 to 23 hours per week they worked. Maybe it was less than 20. Mm-hmm. Got, got to get better at remembering all these little stats. But they, the multiple tribes that we study today, they only have to work to collect food and do whatever they want for about 18 hours a week. Yet the average American works, I think it's 35 and a half hours per week. So they did not have you know, terrible lives. And then also we can study them too, to see how long they lived. And there's some good studies about these modern hunter gatherers. It's the best we can do. You know, it's kind of hard to see how people, how long they lived from fossil records. You know, it's all a bunch of guesswork, but from these modern people that still live, how our ancestors lived, 
if they made it past childbirth and you know, the first five years, they, they averaged to around 70 to 80 there there's different tribes that live, but this is 70 to 80 without modern medicine, which is right. really good. So if they had modern medicine, they could probably live to like a hundred. So, so this is really interesting. And yeah, I mean, I, I see there is actually no evidence that we did die early, right? Because you, you can't, I mean, we have found remains of people who were 45, but that doesn't mean, you know, people died at 45. It means something happened on the few remains that we had. So there's actually no counter evidence to what we're proving that human, okay, here's another thing. We know that humans can live to about 120, right? Because right. people, there's some people who live to 120. So we know that we have the capability to do that. So if we have our diet and lifestyle dialed in how humans are meant to, which we've had for all of history until modern times, then who there, there's absolutely no evidence to say that we didn't live to 120. And I've talked to some great aging researchers that say we could have lived longer. I mean, it's not, it's not crazy to believe. It's like, we know that it's possible. And the people, I even like to say the people who live to 120, these aren't the people who are propped up by modern science. These are the people that just happen to have eaten a good diet and lived a healthy life, right? It's not like, oh, you know, this lady was in a wheel, in a, in a hospital bed for 20 years from hundred years to 120. No, no, she was like living fine. And so it, it's not a far-fetched idea. Right. And I think, uh, something that you touched on was this idea that we've made so many advancements, right? We, we think that since, since the agricultural revolution, we've, you know, we've evolved and we're going in the right direction, but you know, maybe not, we're actually working more time uh, as opposed to those hunter gatherers. And I, I saw a similar study that, that you mentioned. And also what people use as evidence to say that uh, we're actually living sh longer lives now is average lifespan and not maximal lifespan. And like we said, um, those outliers, like a lot of childbirth could lead to lower average lifespan, you know, earlier. Mm -hmm. And now we've gotten better at childbirth and the average looks better, but health span is really what's taken a toll. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I, I skipped over that. I, I hope it was obvious that if you do the math on how many children die, that the average would be low, but when you take them out, it's higher. And there's also, we, we know from the fossil record that we've gotten less healthy since the agricultural revolution. We've gotten shorter, smaller brains, less robust, more disease. So this is all you can see. Talk to a great scientist, Dr. Bill Schindler, and he's telling a story of him going through, he's a paleoanthropologist and he, you know, he's going through all his, his schooling and they had these two remains and they're like, which one was pre-agriculture one was post-agriculture. And it was like the most obvious thing ever. One was deteriorated, you know, once we started getting these grain-based diets and just, it's kind of these, these modern foods, even back 10,000 years ago, when we, you know, kind of around the time when we started settling down, that already was doing bad things to our bodies, right? This diet of, of just these cheap, easy to store grains that have no nutritional value. I mean, part of nutrition is displacing good nutrition. That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. If you if you displace good animal foods and good nutrient dense foods with a bunch of just empty calories, whether it be from rice or corn or anything, it's going to be bad just by the fact of displacement. So this is what we saw that uh, after we started settling down, we've just just gotten less healthy. 
Thank you for listening to my episode with Brian Sanders. It was an amazing conversation, super insightful. And if you liked this episode, stay tuned for part two, which will be coming out next week. If you like this episode and if you'd like some of my other episodes with other guests, please take the time to review this podcast on iTunes. That would be incredibly helpful to me and getting this message out to way more people. Navigating the world of health and wellness is anything but straightforward. So if you're a little bit confused as to you know, what things are harmful, is this food good? Is this food bad? Well, spoiler alert, it's not that simple. However, I and many others have done the heavy lifting. So I put together a book called Return to Human, how modern medicine, the media, and the mundane have destroyed our immune systems and how to move back towards optimal health. The full version is available on Amazon. Now it's around 70 or 80 pages. And so it's really a simple guidebook that you can use and an introduction to all of the major aspects of health, which is why I think it's so helpful for people who are kind of confused and lost. Here's what I covered. I covered the top six aspects of health, which if compounded, if combined together, and all of these things are done properly, then you can have amazing effect on your overall health. Because, you know, unlike what many health gurus claim, one thing will not make a healthy person. Multiple things will give you a 1%, a 2%, even a 10% if you're lucky, increase in your overall quality of life. Now that's what I set out to do when I wrote this book. So I cover those top six. I tell you very, very simple things that one, damage your immune health and your overall health. Two, how you can do the appropriate thing based on research, right? And it's not a medical recommendation. Of course, I want you to do your own research. You are responsible for you, but it's a great starting point if you're a little bit confused. Now, I understand that right now you may not want to dish out a few dollars, even though it is $3 right now on Amazon. That's okay. Because mindset is inextricably tied to your immune health, so your emotional state, your mindset, all of that directly affects how your immune system functions in response to a virus or bacterial infection and so forth. So I made that chapter 100% free for you to download. It gives you some very simple tools that you can use to reduce stress, to calm the nervous system, all in a way that's free or very, very affordable. Now, if you want that, you can click the link in the description, which says free download to chapter two, or simply head over to livedamwell.com. I hope you check it out. I hope it helps, and I'll see you in the next episode.